So uh, today, we are in this series called You Ask For It. And the reason we're calling it You Ask For It is simply because you asked for it. And this is something we did back in Easter. We did a survey. And the reason we did a survey at Easter is because you're all here at the same time. So we can ask, you know, and, and, and give a survey and get some good feedback. And so, as you know, the last couple of weeks, we've been in part number one, uh, for two-week part number one of, are we living in the end times? So I would encourage you, if you haven't heard that message, go back on our website and listen to, are we living in the end times? Some amazing, uh, some insight that Pastor Aaron brought from God's word, what God's word has to say about end times and what Jesus has to say about that. Some great insight. To, uh, to, to that topic. Today, we're taking a little, little different turn. And today's question that we're looking at, uh, if you ask for it, is how do I change? How do I change my life? Like there's some things going on in my life that I know that I don't like where they're at and I don't like that it's, it's controlling some of the things that I do. So how do I go about changing? How do I experience real life change? And, and Maybe you're thinking like, man, you've maybe asked the question, is it always going to be this way? Like, man, I feel, I feel like condemned sometimes. Like, is something wrong with me? Like, I want this area in my life to change. But for some reason, I come and I, I hear great messages, but I go and I, I can't experience any real change. And you wonder, man, what, what is up with me? I want to just encourage you with something, and this really encouraged me, that some of the great apostles of the Bible actually dealt with the same thing. Let me show you uh, in Romans chapter 7, this is what Paul says. Paul wrote three-fourths of the New Testament. Okay, so this is the guy who planted churches. He was was a big part of the, the message of the gospel going forth into the world And he said this in Romans 7, I don't understand myself at all. That's that's encouraging to me, just to be honest. Like a great apostle of the Bible is like, I can't get it together. I I don't know. Um, And he says, for I really want to do what is right. Or in other words, he's saying, I come week in, week out. I hear great messages. But when I leave, nothing's changed. Like there's still this part of me that I don't like. Like, not necessarily don't like, but you know that there's, if if one thing, if this thing were to change, it would change your life. And he's saying, I don't understand myself. I try to do the right thing, but 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 I don't do it. Instead, I do the very thing that I hate. And so this message today is dedicated to those of us in this room that have areas in our life where we just want to, we ask the question, how do I change this area? Like, if I have a topic that I really want to hear about, how do I, how do I, change my life. And you may be thinking, well, Josh, listen, you're a young guy and you're a pastor. I don't know really how much you could really tell me about changing my life. Like, come on, this issue is pretty, pretty big. Like I've been dealing with it for a long time. But I I just want to share a little bit about about my story. About five years ago um, from this month, where we're at right now in 2015, my life was completely different. I was a college student. Uh, my dream was to go, uh, I, was in, I was studying business. So I wanted to, 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 to study business, get out, be in marketing, and, and use my, my people skills to really just network and, and do something like that. And I was, I was in school. My, my real goal was to go to LSU. Grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So I wanted to go to LSU, complete my degree. Um, so I was, I was 
in college, studying business, working full-time. But on the inside, there was this thing that was a hidden sin. That was a hidden thing in my life that, that I really wanted to change. And I had a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, a lot of condemnation that I carried around. And everything on the outside looked like everything was going great. But on the inside, there was this turmoil. There was this fight going on. Um, I, I grew up going to church, um, attending church, went to private school my whole life. In ninth grade, switched over to a new school. And so when I was uh, 15 years old, sophomore in high school, you know, I was, I was craving that, that affirmation, that, that, uh, that acceptance. And I got involved at 15 years old with drugs and alcohol. And, you know, as a student, as a, as a high school student, you know, I was playing football, playing sports, running track. And that was my, man, I wanted to get out of high school. I wanted to go on, maybe play, you know, football at a, at a smaller school and then maybe go on to LSU one day. And so that was my dream. I had it all together. But at 15 years old, I got connected to uh, some friends that were, were doing drugs and alcohol. And for six, six years of my life, that just spiraled out of control. And I found myself at 21 years old, just desperate, depressed, man, thinking to myself, something has to change. Something in my life has to change. This addiction has to, like, it's, it's consumed my life. There's nothing good at the end of this road. And, and I was desperate. I was needing change. And so this message that I'm going to share with you today is really what I did and allowed God to do in my life. That, that was the ultimate change in my life. And so I want to share this with you. And, and I want you to think about what is that area in your life that, man, if it would change, it would make all the difference in the world. And how do I do that? And what I've learned as a pastor is half the battle is just identifying where a person is. So identifying, okay, and, and seeing, what it is, seeing what it is for what it is. So before we even jump into the message, I want to give you five, a list of a little progression of when things don't change, what it looks like. Because half the battle is just identifying where you're at so that we can make that change. Number one, if you're taking notes in your notes, is that thing in your life, that thing that you really want to change, it becomes a part of your identity. It becomes a part of your identity. And, you know, you take on the personality of that thing. And so this, this thing that you, you, you hate, it actually becomes to be your identity. And your identity, I mean, that's so, so important. That's how you identify. That's how you see yourself. I am, and this is that thing, identity. You take on the personality of the thing and say, this is just the way it's going to be. Sometimes we say, you know, my dad was this way. His dad was this way. It's in our blood. It's just who we are. This is how it's always going to be. And we, and we begin to make that a part of our identity. And when I was 21, I had a mentor in my life that, that I reached out to, desperate, just desperate, saying, listen, I've tried it all. I've tried everything. Whatever you have for me, I'll try it. You know, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. I don't know what that looks like, though. I thought I've done that in the past, and it hasn't worked. And so a friend of mine, a mentor, uh, he, he told me about this place in Los Angeles. And many of you have heard a lot about it. You've heard Pastor Aaron talk about it. Pastor Aaron helped found the LA Dream Center in Los Angeles. And at 21 years old, that's where I went. 
And while I was there, I began to hear more about recovery programs. And, and just to let you know what that program that I went to was, it was a recovery program called the Discipleship Program. One-year program, completely free. Um, I, I shared this with the last uh, service. He gave me two options. He said, well, there's this place in Mississippi that's in the middle of the woods, and it's $3,000, and, it and it's for three months. And I was like, well... Yeah, no, I don't have that much money. I don't have money at all. I have zero money. And so he was like, well, there's this place in Los Angeles. And, you know, I know it's a long way away, but it's completely free, but it's one year. And I said, man, whatever it takes, let's do it. Let's go for it. And so I moved to L.A. when I was 21 years old. And while I was there, I began to hear about recovery programs. I began to hear about 12-step programs. And I was like, man, you know, never heard much about AA or, or anything like that. And I said, man, that's incredible. They have stuff where people can, can have support and have accountability and be strengthened along the process. But then I began to hear more about what you had to say at the very beginning. And as I began to study scripture, I was like, okay, well, man, that's awesome. The accountability, the support, the, 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 the encouragement. But I was like, but this in scripture says one thing, but you mean I have to identify myself as that mistake or that, or that addiction. And so being, having to identify, so I could be sober for five years, but I have to say, I am an addict. Or I am this. And I understand the importance of admitting that there's a problem. But what I saw in scripture was that those who are in Christ have become a brand new person. Like the old is not me anymore. I'm a new person. And so I began to think like, man, that's, that's my identity. I, I am not an addict. I am not a, an alcoholic. I, I am a child of God who's been made new. So let me say it this way. God doesn't want to improve the old you. He wants to make you brand new. And so the first part of understanding where we're at, sometimes that becomes a part of our identity. And the, and the second thing that happens is sometimes you feel increasingly hopeless. You feel increasingly hopeless. Like, man, this is just my lot in life. Like, this is just how it's going to be. And I, I put that in there because some of you have maybe even already checked out of this message a little bit. Thinking, I've, I've tried it all, Josh. You, you know, you can't tell me more steps. I've already taken them all. And my encouragement to you is that maybe in this message, you'll find a key that maybe you've been omitting for years. And then you'll grasp onto that. And today would be your day for change. The next thing that happens is you become defensive, become defensive, like actually defending the thing that is actually causing the pain. I remember in my life when I was in college and I was going through these, this one psychology class in my college classes, and I began to hear about uh, adolescence. And so I, my, my, my mom and my sister began to notice some things in my lifestyle that was just like, man, hey, this is warning signs. You know, we're, are you okay? What's going on here? Like, tell us how can we help you? And I began to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is, this is just me going through adolescence. Like I began to defend what was actually going on rather, and, 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 and really began to be defensive against the people that loved me the most and defending the thing that was causing the pain and the thing that I really wanted to change so much in my life. I began to say, I have the right to be this way. I have the right to be this way. I want to just be careful when, if you begin defending the very thing that you want to change. The next thing is you become a slave to that thing. 
The Bible talks about this all throughout Scripture, talking about being a slave to sin. And, you know, I, right after worship, I talked about Romans chapter 8. I encourage you, if you want to do just a, a Bible study on your own, Romans 6, 7, and 8 talks about this war that's waging inside of us, of being, about being a slave to sin, and then going back to being very spiritual at times, to be very carnal. The Bible calls it carnal. Um, it's our flesh. It's the flesh side of us. So we, at sometimes we allow our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, or our flesh, to call the shots. And we want to be very spiritual. So there's times where we're, 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 we're committed and, and we're saying, God, I'm all in. This, I'm yours. You know, I love you. I know you love me. But then there's those times where we, where we go back to being very carnal, very flesh-led. And the enemy's goal in our life is to allow our flesh or our soul to call the shots rather than his spirit that is alive, 100% God, and really wants us to walk in the fullness of the life that he has for us. And then ultimately, this is where it leads, is you begin to lose your life. You begin to lose your life, or all of your potential is gone. It's like those dreams, those dreams that God's placed inside of you. Those aspirations, those things like, man, I know I was created for this, but then this thing that you really want to change begins to consume you. And it says, you've messed up too much. You can never change. This is who you are. Takes your hope. I want to encourage you with this, that our God has a unique ability. I'm a, I'm a living breathing testimony of God changing and saying, hey, listen, I can take what the enemy has used for bad and turn it around for good. Our God has a unique ability to do that. And you don't have to lose your life. You can actually redeem your life and it can happen today. It can happen today right now. And so I want you to think about, we all have this area in our life, whatever it is, I want you to think about it. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's control or pride. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's a secret sin. And man, if that one thing would change, I know that I would be, I would be able to walk in everything that God has for me. So this, this message is called How to Change. All right, so I want us to look at this. This is what Paul says, the same guy that was saying, I don't understand myself. All right, in Romans chapter 6, he says this. Don't let sin or that area that's been controlling your life control your life, control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Or in other words, in other words, don't let that thing call the shots in your life. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. And if you want to know the secret like the secret to how do I change my life? How do I let go of this one thing and begin to pick up what God has for me? It's that's the secret right there. Come on, let's, everybody in this room, if you're in the cafe watching, let's say this together. Come on, instead, give yourselves completely to God. That's the secret. If you want to know the secret of how to change, and this is my story. In a second, I'm going to give you some, some practical things. But in one sentence, how do I change my life? Give it completely to God. Because what does that verse says? It says, do not let sin or that area control the way you live. What if we let God control the way we live? What if we allowed his spirit to come in and lead us? 
Instead of letting that thing call the shots in our life, we allow God to come in and speak to our, ident- our identity. Remember, we, sometimes we've taken that thing on as our identity. What if God came in and said, hey, no, this is who you are. I want to just, before we even get into this, I want to just let you know that you are not defined by who you are or what you've done. You're defined by who God is and what he has done on the cross. That is your identity. So as we get into the rest of this, understand that. Because many times we can come to church and we can hear this message, this, this verse, and says, do not, do not, do not. No, no, no. I want to point this out to you. If you'll throw that, sin no longer becomes your master. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Under the freedom of God's grace. Not the freedom of God's law. The freedom of God's grace. It's, it's amazing. That's what we sing about. It's amazing grace. And that's what we all want, right? Freedom. We want freedom from whatever that thing is that's, that's, that's been the one thing that's causing us hurt and pain. And we want to change. Instead, we live under the freedom of God's grace when we give ourselves completely to him. So let's look at this. Number, you know, I want to show you what it looks like to go all in. What does that look like in my life practically to go all in? And what would it look like in your life if you went all in? If you said, you know what? I've tried it all. I have nothing to lose. There's this thing in my life that I want to change and I've got nothing to lose. I'm ready to go all in. If I had to call this message anything else, I would say all in. Because that's the secret. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. So here's number one. Number one in your notes, get rid of the excuses. Get rid of the excuses. And the thing is, we all have reasons why we haven't changed up to this point. And we've all got great intentions. Our intentions are great. It's not like we want to allow that one thing that we want to change so deeply to continue to call the shots. No. We've all got great intentions. But if you're like me, you can procrastinate, right? And say, tomorrow. Tomorrow. I'll put it off. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll get it started next week. I'll get it out next, next time around. I'll, I'll jump in. I'll go all in. And I've used this message just to, uh, just in getting rid of the excuses, to come out and say in front of every single one of you that I've, I'm getting rid of the excuses in my life to do one thing. Hey, and listen, I moved here. So I've been here almost two years now. And everyone, basically everybody in California, right where we're at, surfs, right? Okay, I'm a Cajun boy. All right, I'm from the South. When we talk about waves, it comes in the form of a hurricane. Okay, so I've got lots of excuses of why I haven't gone all in yet to this point. But I'm using this message to say, hey, I'm getting rid of the excuses. And for me, September is going to be surfing September. That's what I'm, so I'm, I'm inviting all of you in right now as my accountability partners to say, hey, Josh, how's it going with that? How's it this week? How'd you do? How'd you, how was it? Did you get beat up a bit? Did you stand up? You know, all of those things. And I've even decided to begin researching online about different surf breaks, how to read the weather, things like that. I'm going all in. I'm getting rid of the excuses. And at the end of this month, I will be surfing. All right. I'm using this message to go all in, to get rid of the excuses. All right. But, 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 but what if, Right now, we're thinking about that thing, that thing, maybe anxiety, maybe, maybe depression, maybe addiction. What if we got rid of the excuses today and said, today is my day? 
I'm going all in. I'm going all in, whatever it takes. You know, Jesus, he dealt with the same thing. In Luke chapter 14, uh, it says this, but they all alike began to make excuses. I mean, this is Jesus. This is Jesus and they're making excuses. We all do it. The first said, I've just bought a field. Man, I just got this killer house and we're, we're just moving in and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. But I got this new car. Uh, I don't know. It's, 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 it's not working out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. We've all got these excuses. But what I'm asking you today is, are you ready to make, take that thing in your life and give it completely to God and see real life change? That's what we want. We want to live in the freedom under God's grace. And so getting rid of the excuses. God's got the play. To, he's, he's, he's called the play. So it's for us to say, you know what? Let me give it a shot. I've tried everything else. This is my time. I'm going to go all in. So take the next step. Go all in. Here's number two is make a break. Make a break. So we've got to get rid of the excuses, recognize them, say, you know what? It's been good intentions but I'm not going to procrastinate anymore. I'm going to make the change, get rid of the excuses. And then the second one is, is make a break. And God's calling us to a new life. And anytime God calls us to a new place, it means leaving something behind. It's breaking away from some of those things that have begun to speak in and, and, and draw us to it and draw us away from God. And this could be anything. I mean, it may, be, it may be with a secret sin, a secret addiction where I'm today, I'm getting rid of the excuses and I'm making a break away from my computer, from my phone, from my iPad. I'm gonna get a filter on that thing and I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get uh, emailed out to five people, whatever I look at on the computer. Man, maybe if, if, it's, if it's today and you're saying, I know what that thing is, I know what I wanna change, I'm gonna make a break. I'm gonna go all in. I'm gonna say, you know what? What are the things that I need to do? Maybe it's your computer. Maybe it's a relationship. I remember in my life, whenever, whenever that time came where God was like, hey, let's go all in. I said, okay. But there were friends that I'd done life with for six years. And I knew that the best thing for me to do was to make the break. I had to remove myself from that environment. And guess what? God, you know, sometimes we think, oh, I know, but like, that's going to be so hard to, 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 to get down the road or, or if I give that part of my life or, or give that time in my life away, man, it's so valuable. Let me just tell you, it's five years down the road and I am way further than I ever thought I would be. Ever thought I would be. So I'm going to encourage you with this. When you make that break, know that God's going to accelerate you in the direction that you were meant to be. Not, not, not sitting right there still just just not moving and, 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 and allowing the days to pass, the time to pass, the weeks to pass, the months to pass, where you're still stuck, desperate for change. When you make the break away from that thing, God accelerates your life in a powerful way. It's, maybe it's, uh, some of us have relationships, friends, that when we get around those friends, it's like I come to church and I hear about my identity and I hear about the grace of God in my life. I hear about the power of his love and how he's for me. He'll never leave me or forsake me. But then maybe you get around those friends and it's, it's, all, it's all gossip. It's all talking about other people. 
It's all negative. It's all, it's, it's pointing out other people's just flaws and, and bringing it up and talking about them. Maybe it's like, man, today is my day and I know that it's time for me to make a break. Maybe it's social media. Many of us, our, our whole life revolves around what people say on Facebook or what, what, what people say on Instagram or Twitter or Snapchat. You know, maybe today, if you're serious, man, I want to make a change. I want to see God do something in my life and there's been this thing that I want to let go of. Man, maybe today is the day. Today is the day where you make the break and say, I'm going to go all in. I'm making the break. Look at what 2 Corinthians chapter 6 says. It says, do not be yoked. Do not be yoked. That word yoked literally means pulled together in commonality. Pulled together in common fellowship. It means being so close to that thing where it actually begins to impact your life. That's what being yoked means. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. And that could be, that could be anything. Secularism. Movies, music. Man, what is that thing that's causing you? Let me say this. The way that you believe about yourself is going to be the way that you think. And the way that you think is going to be what produ- the fruit that's produced in your life. And so when that fruit is produced of, of anxiety, fear, worry, control, anger, you know, whatever it is, addiction, secret sin, we got to get to the root of that. And understanding that I need to surround myself with people who are helping me see who I really am. And that right believing is going to lead to right thinking about yourself and about God and about the world around you. And then all of a sudden, the right fruit is being produced in your life. So that's why. That it's, it's, not, it's not, hey, don't be yoked to that thing. Don't be yoked to that thing because that thing is causing the, the connection to you to be drawn together in common fellowship and it's impacting the way you live. Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial or the devil? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. God lives inside of us. And it's, it's like I said earlier with us being a slave to that thing. There's this constant um, battle between our flesh Okay, the things of the world, the things of our mind, our will, our emotions, our flesh. And, it, and the enemy's goal is to suppress the spirit of God inside of us to where it is not active. Okay, to where it's, it's, not, it's not producing the fruit in us. So he wants us to begin believing the things about ourselves that the world says. Okay, finding our value in the things that the world finds value in. And in doing that, it leads to our thinking and the thinking leads to our, the fruit produced in our life. And it finishes by saying, as God has said, I will live with them and walk among them and I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. We got to get rid of the excuses and make the break. And then lastly, here's the most important thing is fill the void. Fill the void. Growing up, I was... I was raised going to, to church, you know, attending church, but I always hear, hey, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, nope, stop, don't, no. All right, let's pray, stand with me. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh my goodness, like, well, I don't, uh, I just feel terrible. 
You know, you walk with that shame, that guilt, that condemnation. There was no, how do I feel that? Okay, I'll stop doing that, but why? Why? Because God, John 10.10 talks about this life. It's called this zoe life in the Greek. It means abundant, overflowing, fulfilling life that God has for us. And so we've got to fill the void. You can't just stop doing something. That's religion. We've got to stop and then fill it, take its place. God's goal is not to sterilize us to boredom. It's not God's goal in our life. All right, God did not save us to make us safe. That was what I grew up in, is fire insurance. Okay, saved, safe. All right, not going to hell. No, God did not save us to make us safe. God saved us to make us dangerous. Dangerous. Like, like a, a life that is, that, that when the enemy looks at your life, when you set your feet on the ground, when you wake up, he starts trembling. Like, oh my goodness. And I'm, I'm thinking, yes, I want the enemy trembling. I'm going to walk in power and authority and confidence and victory over the thing that has been wanting, that, is, that I've been wanting to change in my life for so long. Amen. Is that what you want? That's what we want. We want freedom. We want power. So if you're serious about this, taking the, the next steps, getting rid of the excuses, making the break, filling the void, I want to tell you how to fill the void. In closing, I want to tell you how to fill the void. Number one is giving your life to Jesus. That sounds so simple, but it's the most important part. It is very simple. Instead of letting that area call the shots, it's like, you know what? It's yours, God. I want to give you everything. I was thinking, you know, uh, last night I was watching uh, the LSU Tigers play football. We, we barely won, all right? But like I said, in Baton Rouge, growing up, LSU Tiger football is a religion, okay? It's, 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 it's pretty bad. All right, it's 102,000 people in a stadium joined together, lifting up one team, okay? And they get so much out of it. I mean, you talk to somebody in, in Louisiana or, you know, surrounded by any sport, any, whatever that team is, and you, they say, man, I bleed. In, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, they say, I bleed purple and gold. They've gone all in. Man, they are, they are rowdy. I mean, everybody knows about when you go into Death Valley, it is rowdy. You don't want to be an opposing crowd going in there. But they are fulfilled. Man, they have gone all in. They get a lot out of it. Because they've put so much into it, they get a ton out of it. Right? Do you see where I'm going here? What if when we came into this building, you know, Pastor Aaron just did this message on worship. And, and, and that is so true. When we give our life completely to God, that's when we begin to see, our, our, see ourselves living under the freedom of God's grace. Man, it's no longer walking in with oh, shame and guilt and condemnation. Man, I'm, this week was tough. Last night was terrible. No, it's coming in saying, you know what? I am not defined by who I am and what I've done. I'm defined by who he is and what he's done, right? We walk in with that confidence. That's knowing Jesus, giving your life to him, understanding who he is, what he thinks about you. That's step number one. What if we went all in? What if just for three months you came in and in worship, you know what? It's going to be awkward. I've never done this before. But you know what? All right, God, it's just me and you. Me and you in this room together. It's just me and you. What if you came in with that understanding? Like there's nobody else around. It's just you and God coming here to meet. And you said, I'm not doing it for anybody else. I'm doing it because there's an area in my life that I desperately want to change. And I'm going to go, I'm going to, whatever this set, 
I did this. I remember being at the Dream Center at Angelus Temple, night number one, September 2nd, 2010, standing there, this little Baptist boy standing there like, wow, you know, in the balcony, looking at people jumping up and down, raising their hands, praising God, worshiping God. I'm like, man, I was created for this. I'm going to try this. I'm going all in. I know it's not just me moving from Louisiana to California. I'm actually going to go all in and give my, my complete self to Jesus. That's where it starts. That's the number one, how to fill the void. I want to show you this verse real quick. This is Hebrews chapter 10. I encourage you to jot this down. Hebrews 10, go read it. The title of the chapter is called Once for All. Once for for all, talking about Jesus and how he has once for all done everything we need. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus or confidence to come before God and, and, and relate with him like our father, like a daddy who really wants to give us everything by a new and living way. Some translations say a life-giving way. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. Right there. Our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. Meaning there's no more consciousness of, of, of guilt. Man, I've been set free. Jesus, once for all, has cleansed me from my, my sin, from my past. And I'm walking in confidence knowing that he has the best in store for me. And having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And I'm going to leave it right there at that verse. Um, that's, what it, that's what it is. In that verse, I know it's a lot of, you know, sprinkling our hearts and cleansing. You know, it's a lot of terms. Just to, to, to give you some context about what it's talking about, the, the author of Hebrews talks about what they used to do in order to receive forgiveness. They used to have to go into the temple, the tabernacle, year after year after year after year after year. And they would make the sacrifice with, with bulls and goats. And then if they would go back out, they would still have to feel guilty. Oh, I got to go back in again. Back in again. Oh, I got to come. Oh, I can't go before God. Oh, I'm so guilty. I'm so, sh- oh. And they'd have to go in and make another sacrifice. But the whole chapter is called once for all, because Jesus once for all has taken care of your sin. He's taken care of your shame, your guilt. He's removed it. And now you can walk before God confident. If you want to know how to change, it's allowing the Holy Spirit to give you that revelation that once for all, Jesus has done it. And I can rest. Okay. My anchor, like we sang about, my hope is in him. I can rest in him and what he's done because my identity is not in who I am and what I've done. It's in who he is and what he has done. Got to give our lives completely to Jesus. Here's number two. Get in a connect group. Get in a connect group. Give your life completely to Jesus. Allow him to speak to you, come into your life, lead you. And then get in a connect group. And here's the reason. Okay, connect groups are not designed just to be another Bible study, another topic, another activity, something extra for you to do. Listen, we, we all have enough going on in our lives, all right? We, we all have enough going on. The reason we have connect groups is so that you would have a friend. It's so that 
in this room, when you come on Sundays, attending, you have a person that you know in that connect group that you can be open and honest and transparent with. That they can know every single thing that's going on in your life. And even inside of a connect group, there can be a a connect group. Okay, so even if there's a connect group of 10 people, all those 10 people don't have to know everything going on in your life. But if one or two people, man, and you can come to them and say, you know what, can I tell you something? Can I share something with you that I've never told anybody? Man, you know, when, 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 when I go out of town, man, I have this temptation and, and I want to change. I want, I want there to be a change in my life. I want to make a break away from, from what I've been doing. But, but would, you, would you just call me? Man, late at night, that's, that's when it's the worst. You know, would you just call me? Or, or maybe, man, I've never told this happened to me. Man, when I was, when I was a child, this, this happened. And I've been carrying around this shame for so long. Would you pray with me? Like, that's what connect groups are designed for. They're designed for you to have a friend. It's designed for relationship. When we talk about connect groups, life change happens in the context of relationships. God designed us to be in community. And the reason some of us haven't experienced the full change is because we've been trying to do it by ourselves. And when we do that, we can't do that. It's, it's, it's never going to change if we try to do it by ourselves or do it on our own. Look at what Ecclesiastes chapter 4 says. This is Solomon who was the wisest man that ever lived. Okay, he wrote this in Ecclesiastes. He says, there was a man all alone or there was a man who decided to do it by himself. He had neither son nor brother There was no end to his toil. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Pity the man who doesn't have a community of people around him, supporting him, knows what's going on, lifting him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will, keep, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And so whatever, what, what the topic is, you know, I encourage you, take a, take a step out there. Look at the connect groups. Get involved with a connect group this, this semester. It doesn't matter the topic. What matters is that you have people in your life that know what's going on that can support you, that you can be honest with, you can be open with. An accountability partner. I'm so thankful for the guys in my life that I can call at any moment, at a moment's notice, and say, man, let me just be real with you for a second. It's tough. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling, man. Can you pray with me? Just, just, I, don't, I don't even know what to say. Just talk, you know? And, and they begin to encourage me, begin to remind me who I am. Remind me of my identity. Remind me that God has got me. That we need that in our life. It's vital. We were never created to do life alone. Here's the third thing. is discovering your purpose in life. So giving your life to Jesus 
getting involved in a connect group. These are steps. This is, this is what I did in my life to really see sustained change, going all in, and then discovering my purpose. You know, one thing, and if, if you're around Coastline for any amount of time, you're going to hear us say this. You're going to hear us talk about discover purpose, discover your purpose. Because one thing we've found is that the best way to help a person over their problems or, or remove a problem in their life is not to help them remove the problem. It's to help them connect, discover their purpose in life, where they begin living life for uh, something bigger than themselves. That's the best way. The most successful or the most, uh, hap- you know, the most successful people in life are not people that don't have any problems. That's not it at all. We've all got problems. The most successful and fulfilled people in life are people who are living their life for something greater. They've discovered purpose and they're running in that. Because when we discover purpose, it minimizes all the distractions that are around us every single time. And this is what Paul says in, in Acts chapter 20. He says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Paul was so focused on the task at hand. He was so focused on his purpose. And it's not like he didn't have any problems. I mean, Paul had problems on top of problems on top of problems. I mean, he lists them out. It's just like, how can somebody go through what he went through? But every single time he brings you back to joy, man, fulfillment. Because he is connected to purpose. And that's why you're going to hear us talk about the growth track over and over and over again. The growth track that we have every single Sunday at 930. That's not, our motivation for the growth track is not to get more people serving on the, on the dream team. That's not the motivation. The motivation is we know that when you discover your purpose in life, you're going to be living a fulfilled life. You're going to be walking in something greater than yourself. You're going to be living life for something greater than yourself. I encourage you, go all in. Give your life to Jesus. Get in a connect group. Discover your purpose. And here's the last thing. And this is, this is where real living begins. You know, it's understanding your true identity. But like I said, God doesn't save us to make us safe. He saved us to make us dangerous. And that's what this point is. This is the goal. You live your life for the good of others. You live your life for the good of others. That's where the most fulfilled, the, the, the people that are fulfilled, they're, man, they're living their life for the good of others. And I know, you know, in closing, this is a, this is a challenging message. You know, it's, 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 hey, how do I change my life? Like, what do I do? You ask for it. If you do these things, you say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go all in. I've got nothing to lose. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I'm going to run the play that God's called. You'll see a great return. And you'll, you'll see your life begin to change and to begin to accelerate in the direction that God has for you. So uh, as we close, would you just close your eyes and bow your heads with me?
The Spirit of God is here and He's drawing us to Him. And He's he's saying, man, I believe in you. It's not too late. You haven't messed up too much. I love you. I want you. I believe in you. If you're here today and you say, Josh, I'm a Christian, you know, but I've never gone all in. In fact, I relate to you. I've, 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 I've walked in trying to do things and fix things on my own, but I've never really given my entire life to Christ. I just want to encourage you, that's where it starts. That's step number one, is giving your life to Jesus. Allow him to come in. Take control. Be Lord of your life. And that's a decision that you can make in private, right there in your seat, with no one looking around. I'm not going to ask you to stand or come to the front. But just in your heart, that's, that's a, a prayer that you can pray and say, God, today I'm inviting you to come in, to be Lord of my life. And if that's you, I just want to see who I'm praying with today. So if you say today, Josh, when you pray that prayer, count me in. If that's you, would you just lift your hand so I can see who I'm praying with today? Hands all over the room. Awesome. Today's my day. I've decided. I'm going all in. Say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for taking my sin. Thank you for forgiving me. I ask you to come live inside of me today. Today, I make you the Lord of my life. I want all that you have for me. I surrender everything to you. With my whole heart, I'm gonna follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give a hand clap to all those that made that decision today. Amazing. just want to encourage you, if you made that decision today uh, to to make Jesus your Lord and and to put him first, would you mark that on your connection card? We'd just like to send you some some simple, uh, an email just saying, hey, more information about how to get connected. Um, Would you stand with me before we, uh, before we leave? Just want to remind you, check out the connect groups outside. And have an amazing day. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for what you've done here today. God, for real life change. God, and we, I just ask for courage for every single person who's made that decision to take the next steps. God, we know that it doesn't take any courage to take notes. God, but it does take courage to take a step and say, God, I'm going to follow you with everything that is in, within me. So I pray for that courage right now on every single person that made that decision. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, enjoy your afternoon.